I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Big Brother. Mainstream media. Government cover-ups. You want answers? Well, so does he. He's Alex Jones on the GCN Radio Network. And now, live from Austin, Texas, Alex Jones. Thank you, everyone. We're, we're celebrating July 4th on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. We're broadcasting live. You are the resistance. We're going into overdrive today. I am with two fellow patriots. We have in the red corner. I'll stop now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. I, can't, I can't hold my laugh. Right <laughs> I'm laughing way too hard. <laughs> Uh, a special guest intro from Alex Jones, everybody. <laughs> All right. In the red corner, we have a returning guest. Today we watched This Place Rules, the latest documentary from HBO and A24 by Andrew Callahan about January 6th, QAnon, and Alex Jones. Aaron, thank you so much for coming back. I'm ready to be here. I've got a full <laughs> bottle of Jameson, red hot blood, and I'm ready to fight freedom. <laughs> <laughs> he took your super male vitality <laughs> my soy pills <laughs> yes i'm happy to be here thank you yes oh my god this is this is off to an amazing start <laughs> and lucas thank uh, you so much for coming back I, i'm not gonna do that deep voice but i'll say uh, <laughs> joe rogan gave me some uh, sniffing salts and good to go Good to go. You took your alpha brain. <laughs> alpha brain and uh, smelling salts. We all took our supplements today that contain lead. Okay. It, it's too bad Alex Jones was never a voice actor. Like, <laughs> I know. That could have been a great career instead of whatever he's up to now. Yeah, I'm not sure he has much of a range besides rage. <laughs> that, that's fine. Like, if that's like your Besides your rage niche. and throat cancer? Yeah. He could be uh, a space marine in Warhammer 40K. Oh, yeah. For the Imperium. I need money. <laughs> A billion dollars, I owe. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> He's pretty, he'd also probably make a pretty great Rick and Morty character. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Please, whoever's in charge of Rick and Morty now. <laughs> we don't know who yet. 
Oh my God. So guys, before we get any further, I busted out another pre-pandemic wine for today. Cabernet from 2018. This is before the insurrection, before COVID, before the 2020 election. Before the primary events. Yes. (laughs) Simpler times, 2018. Mm, Happier times, no doubt for me. (laughs) So let's, let's cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Happy July 4th, 1776. Take that, global elite. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Mm, that's like capitalism. Mm, that's the American dream right there. <laughs> I can taste the greenback. Do you know what a globalist is? Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about the documentary, This Place Rules. And this is a documentary from Channel 5. Uh, Andrew Callahan. Let's address the elephant in the room with Andrew Callahan. Did Did you see that when you were looking up information on this uh, documentary? That Andrew Callahan was involved? Yes. Uh, no, I went in completely blind, but I'm like, okay. Whoa, I know this guy. Yes. Do you know about Andrew Callahan? I, I can't say I really know his background. I know when it came out, it was that was the documentary itself was somewhat controversial to some particular political uh sections but no, i don't really know his general history quite okay, frankly so let me lay it out not only is it controversial because it's talking about the january 6 riots and all that stuff QAnon, but shortly after this was released it was uh breaking news that andrew callahan allegedly is a sex offender rapist oh my god yeah the, the, the guy that uh that was a main documentarian yes what did he do? Uh, uh, assaulted some ladies. Oh, that's not cool. See, you wouldn't think because like he is, looks like a dweeb yeah. with his baggy pants and his ill-fitting suits and yet, and his Jufro. Yeah. And yet, yeah, everyone's getting me too Oh my God. Including. I didn't actually know that. And then that killed his career. He's been out of the spotlight because like this came out January 2023. 20, okay. And it's almost. Almost 2020. Well, it's just halfway through. Yeah, it's yeah. Out. Damn, that sucks. So he, I, I looked him up on Wikipedia, and he's working on something now that is Patreon exclusive stuff. Okay. So I don't think he's going to be publicly doing things anytime soon. Oh, unfortunately, that's a shame. That's really disappointing because I've come to like really like his style. Yeah, he's very like cinema verite, like very gonzo journalism. Yes. And I, I truly appreciate that. He does he doesn't really have an agenda other than just talking about what happened on January sixth. Because like this documentary started not at all that I expected it to start. Because mm-hmm. like Lucas, you watched it first, I think, uh this bunch. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, I'm two minutes in and this is crazy. I was like, Oh yeah, January sixth, huh? And then I started it and I was like what the fuck? It's the last time I think I got that kind of vibe of just instantaneous wild things are being said, and I don't think I'll be able to stop watching it. Was probably Tiger King. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking Black Mirror. Uh, no, but I, I, I'm talking out like out of left field, crazy things yeah, people yeah. are saying, and you're like, he just said what? <laughs> Wait, that's a you know that's a lesbian who's missing an arm. <laughs> okay, like I have to keep on watching. What's going on here? Yeah, I, I was. Um, I didn't know it was Andrew Callahan going into this. Um, 
So you heard of him before this? Yeah, I, I was already familiar with his work uh, with Channel Five and uh, All Gas No Breaks. Because yes. um, was he from Chicago? No, but he 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 just travels around. There's two um, what I would say like really revealing um, videos as far as like his content goes that kind of um, demonstrate his whole approach to journalism. Mm. And one of them is where he covers this Utah rap festival, where it's basically this rap festival in the middle of Utah, just like plastered with crackers everywhere. <laughs> and they're listening to this like hardcore rap music. And he just like jumps into the middle of it. He's he's got he's got his whole get up on the ill fitting suit, um, the 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 dad shoes, the Jufro. And I think that's part of it to just give himself like as non threatening uh, uh, an appearance as possible because he wants to basically just be the eyes on the ground seeing like what actually happens with these at these like weirdo fringe culture things yeah and uh a lot of that video in particular is basically just finding weirdos and um just making it plain as day like here they are it, it, it's similar to the beginning of this documentary where you have uh joker gang and gum gang <laughs> yeah. who are these yes. like um soundcloud rappers. soundcloud rappers from florida i believe yeah who are having this kind of feud over instagram and then they get into a boxing ring um th that's like par <laughs> for the course for him he's that's that's like his one foot into like weirdo fringe culture and um the other video that kind of really emulates his style is he covered um the residents of oblock in chicago i saw that one um if you don't know, Parkway Gardens on the south side of Chicago. 95th is, and Dan Ryan. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, um, I went there one time. Yeah. That's a story for another time. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but was, And did you make it out with handcuffs? Or? I'll tell you after Aaron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Parkway Gardens is this uh, like apartment community uh, on the south side of Chicago, and it's otherwise known as Oblock for... Uh, it, basically nicknamed after one of the people who died there uh, named Odie. And it's the birthplace of drill rap. Um, if you've heard of like Chief Keef. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that genre of rap comes from that apartment complex. Oh. And um, for those who don't know, uh, this is a aside, but uh, drill rap is basically like people making like gang members making threats against other gang members through uh, drill rap songs that they release and um it gets this whole kind of reputation because it's mixed in with chicago's reputation for gang violence uh and as it's covered by mainstream media it's very much demonized in a lot of ways but what he did he actually went there he interviewed people who were living there and he has this way of approaching people um that is very human and empathizing and he actually like talks to uh the residents there telling like what's what is life like here? What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, what kind of things have you experienced? And then he asks them just like, you know, have you ever been out of this neighborhood? Have you ever been to the rest of the Chicago? Have you been to downtown? Have you ever seen the Cubs game? No. Cause like for them, this is like their whole life is in this like tiny area. And then he ends up treating one of the guys and his like six kids to a white Sox game. You just go there and then, you know, he's getting like man on, man on the street interviews with these crazy white people at the, at the White Sox game. And uh, it, it's it, it, my point being his 
journalistic approach is to let's cut through uh, all the all the bullshit that you hear on uh, mainstream news and let's actually get there and see like what's going on. And he wants to understand those cultures and let them speak for themselves. Yep. And it ends up humanizing a lot of them. And you realize like, yeah, people are really weird, but they're actually like not that different mm-hmm. than you and me. Right. Humans um, have always been weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he does that in a very um, disarming style. There's a lot of humor in the edits that they, that they make. And that's apparent in this documentary too. Like I was <laughs> yeah. laughing my ass off at <laughs> is, is, is O-Block also on HBO? Uh, no, this is a YouTube vi- uh, video on his oh, channel. Oh, it's yeah. a YouTube video. Okay. Yeah, it's, like, it's like 20 minutes. Okay, so it's yeah. free. Okay. Yeah, you can just watch it. Okay. Cool. Um, right yeah, there. look up Channel 5 O-Block and you'll get a get a look at it. Um, and so I was familiar with his style going in, so I was mm-hmm. kind of prepared, but still like <laughs> Choker Gang and Gum Gang <laughs> cracked me up. Uh, it was it was in that moment, right? I was like, did I download the wrong documentary? <laughs> yeah. Because I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to relive January 6th again and go into the QAnon rabbit hole. And then it starts off with these SoundCloud rappers from Florida. Yeah. And they have so much beef with each other. We have like this guy that looks like the Dark Knight Joker yeah. against this like Duck Dynasty looking guy. <laughs> yeah. And they go into a boxing ring to duke it out. And that, as Andrew Callahan puts it, encompasses the theme of this entire documentary mm-hmm. of January 6th, the Democrats versus the Republicans. Yeah. In the it, 2020 election. It's a neat little framing device because he, and it becomes more apparent when you watch the whole documentary, but he's contrasting these like fringe weirdos from Florida who, <laughs> you know, on the, on, it's part of their everything they're just weirdos but they there's some kind of authentic core to them where they as much as they they beef and fight um there's a kind of humanity there deep down inside and that's most apparent when uh gum gang he in in an interview he's like because he ends up losing the boxing match with joker gang and Mm -hmm. he says you know uh i went in thinking I was going to win, but I lost. And you know what? Fair is fair. I'll take the L. And obviously it's a, uh, a contrast to the way that Trump responded to I didn't his loss. lose. <laughs> yeah. I would give a concession if I lost, but I didn't. Yeah. And selection in, was rigged. Not good. Yep. Now it's, and in selecting this as the framing device around the January 6th phenomenon, it makes everybody who got so, uh, like just riled up about the election and claiming it as a fraud just makes them look like complete fools in comparison to Joker gang and gum gangs. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I mean, it was, I mean, looking back, that was an insane time. Like the 2016 election was crazy in of itself because mm-hmm. it was kind of like a culture war moments of like, I don't know, populism versus socialism, like left and right. And it was just like an insane time for politics. 2020, Mm -hmm. however, in the middle of a pandemic, we were locked in our houses Mm -hmm. and. All watching, all watching media 24 seven. Yes. And like people are online 24 seven. And then that's when it took like, if conspiracy theories was a flame, all of 2020 was like gasoline being mm. poured upon that flame, and it was insane. Pe- like reasonable people, we talked about this uh, last year, maybe two years ago. Into uh, the storm, yeah. Cue into the storm, where like 
normal, average, rational people become irrational. Yes. When, when emotions are involved and they just fall down the rabbit hole and some people just don't get out. Mm -hmm. And with this documentary of this place rules, like the insanity of 2020 was on full display and I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. So with Andrew Callahan, like what you were saying with uh, his documentary uh, technique, I would best describe it as like a Gen Z Borat. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Because not only does it kind of look like Borat, with mm. like uh, mm. the suit, um, but also like Borat, he just allowed people to talk. Mm-hmm. They either talk themselves into a corner <laughs> or they actually humanized a lot of different people groups all around the United States. And that's what Andrew Callahan's doing. Yes. By letting just people talk. I'm glad you brought it up because there is a bit of a stylistic difference between this this and Borat. Borat, it feels um, more manipulative in a way. And I'm not making like a moral judgment on that one way or the other but uh the borat character is meant to be this kind of ridiculous foreigner who doesn't know anything and that lowers people's defenses so that they can you know make themselves into fools just by letting like the authentic part of themselves come out so it's it's it more feels like satire and more like um pointing out the crazy underbelly of america right um this feels more like He's still lowering people's defenses and getting them to speak their minds and feel safe to express themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't feel like it's um, meant as like a gag or a trick or satire. It's more trying to understand what's going on. Right. Um, and comparing this to Into the Storm, Into the Storm felt more of a – coming from a more traditional journalistic background investigation or like, yeah, it's like an investigation piece. It's more like educational. It's about like everything surrounding uh, the QAnon phenomena and trying to explain it that way. You're not going to find this here. It's more of a personal involvement on the hands of Andrew Callahan Mm and trying to just become part of the story to understand what's going on. That's the whole gonzo journalism thing. And uh, you're going to hear it from the people who are actually involved in their own words. Uh, so it's it's less so trying to explain the whole phenomenon um, and all the factors involved with it and more just getting a more personal story. And also, yeah, yeah it's published by A24. So if you're a Twitter film bro and you liked The Green Knight. Um, <laughs> Why are you looking in my office right now? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm seeing The Green Knight standy <laughs> that you stole from the theater. I didn't steal it. <laughs> um if that's what you're expecting because it's a 24 then sorry this is not it but um if, if you're if you're cool with that then that's kind of what you're getting into as compared to q into the storm right and let's unpack that a little bit because like i was surprised that a 24 has their name attached to this documentary because they don't have a whole lot of documentaries no uh in their catalog maybe there's like three and they're all political and with them producing slash funding this documentary it's definitely different than a lot of their other movies because like they just i just don't associate a24 with like documentary stuff you know right it's more like art house films like you said the green knights (laughs) yeah um i don't know maybe they're trying to diversify their portfolio a little bit um i don't blame them 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They're trying to get the Gen Zs I guess. or millennials, both the politically minded people. Mm-hmm. So he seems like a straight. He seemed like a straight shooter. Yeah. Like I thought he. I thought he was a great documentarian, but like obviously, you know, time will tell if he comes back. Um, he's I also hope- super young. He's like he was like twenty five when he made this. Yeah. Well, he lives off of. He lives in his van. Yeah. I mean, that's like early days of like Tim Pool. Yeah. When he was just running around with a camera in his backpack. So I mean. I give so much props to those type of people that are chasing the story because like, that's literally what happened with this because mm-hmm. as the documentary goes on it, he's like doing the story of these, these rappers. And then all of a sudden the craziness of the 2020 election unfolds in front of his eyes. And he's yeah. just finding himself all around, you know, these key battle States. And then ultimately in the capital on January 6th, and that's a climax of this entire documentary. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that climax. So once again, we're talking about QAnon here. Mm-hmm. So Lucas, since we haven't talked about this, okay. Aaron and I had a whole another podcast talking about okay. QAnon. <laughs> um, how can you best describe the conspiracy theory movement? Oh, the best Q. I can describe it besides being... Um... Be honest. Complicated, uh, to say the least. <laughs> that it's the truth? <laughs> it's uh, out there. Uh, definitely their variation of it. Uh, uh, no, uh, it's essentially a group of uh, internet hive individuals who all believe on this particular site or message board. This uh, deep state individual uh, knows what's really happening on and drops hints about certain things going on and some big... Pizzagate pedophile rings or no, that's involved. Is, is that involved? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that uh, Trump actually won the election and um, just uh, any kind of really conspiracy you can think of. I think they're kind of odd. It truly is. Except, it's ex- like an umbrella. Except the flat theory, yeah. except flat earth. I mean, they might be in the reptilians. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, flat earth is definitely in there. As well. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it has its own like mythological <laughs> narrative about, <laughs> This one person on the inside um, reassuring his or her followers that, like, all the bad people are going to get taken down. Uh, during mass this, arrests. Yeah, mass arrests on the day of the storm. And uh, they're involved in, like, pedophile rings and Satanism and all this wild nonsense. And they're all Democrats. Yeah. Uh, but or part that, of the global league. <laughs> with that is like the core mythological narrative it attracts like a bunch of other conspiracy theories around it somehow it just all kind of gets mushed together the best way i could describe it is it's like a honeypot yeah. and it's attracting all the flies mm. and each one of those flies is a different conspiracy theory yes and you can get as as outlandish as possible uh, because like they even believe like you know hollow earth and dinosaurs are in the center of the earth. Yes, Wait, but what this is all associated Wait, with but, QAnon? But, but they know that's just a plot of a book, right? Well, that's a psyop. <laughs> <laughs> a psyop. Anything that doesn't make sense is a psyop. Yes, psyop like meaning like disinformation campaign uh, or like yes, a psychological yes. operation. Because you would exactly because like you're saying, oh, that's a fictional book. So there's there's no there's no way that the Earth can be hollow because it's a fiction book. So they're saying that they're saying that they're saying that the book was written about something that was true. Therefore, to make it therefore 
Why I think there's so many alien movies all of a sudden is to condition people like, oh, aliens aren't real or even the alien invasion is coming. They're conditioning people with all the Star Wars movies and the alien movies. You don't understand. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. <laughs> I will never be ready for your soundboard. <laughs> but that's QAnon in a nutshell. Is that it all started with like, okay, there's this guy close to President Donald Trump, and he's leaking information. But unlike Julian Assange of WikiLeaks, that's like, well, here's the documents. I know it's classified, but here you go. Read it. This dude is writing <laughs> riddles, <laughs> <laughs> riddles on 4chan of all places. Like, what? That doesn't make sense. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, to even put it even further, because like some of the – okay. Let's give a little uh, give a little rundown for those that are unfamiliar with QAnon. So, like, <laughs> Q is the guy that's inside of the White House, and Q writes these messages called Q drops, and they could they're literally nonsense. They're like the, the tippy top of this is happening next Tuesday. Be ready, Q. And it's like what? So then we have. Um, what do you call them? Uh, schizophrenics. Uh, <laughs> they decipher these uh, postings. They're called uh, the Q prophets, and then yeah, they're like, oh, the 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 oracle has spoken. I will interpret this, and then their message is also gobbledygook. And then we have other people, normal people. Those are called bakers that take these prophetic readings from the prophets and bake them. And they turn into stuff like, okay, next Tuesday, um, there's going to be a march, and then nothing happens it, th- because it's all th- bullshit. Th- and this this, <laughs> this kind of sounds like some uh, Branch Davidian kind of like level stuff. Yes, it is a religion. Where, 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 where you're kind of giving continuous prophecies and I'm not coming through and you're giving excuses as far as why they're not. Um, the Branch Davidians. I will not say uh, what other... Uh, face might do this at times too, but uh, Seventh Day Adventists. Oh, I was going to say the early Mormonism, but <laughs> Mormons, <laughs> early Mormonism. What was that one? Yeah, with the Mormon happy Mormon. shiny people. What was that? Called? Um, the happy shiny people. Phil Gothard yes. with uh, IBLP. Yes. Yeah. I, I have no clue what you're referring to. Oh my god. <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's a whole another podcast. That's a whole another podcast, which we should do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm down. Awesome. So Conspiracy yeah, rabbit hole you're going through already, Armand. QAnon is a cult. That's the best way to describe it because like you, it takes a certain individual to go off on a leap of faith to believe all this stuff, that our government is an ancient cabal that has lasted thousands of years and they sacrifice children to the Babylonian god Moloch and they go to the, the Bohemian Grove every year. <laughs> I would know because I broke in. I broke it all open on Infowars.com. So <laughs> subscribe today. Yes. Infowarshop.com. I need money. <laughs> <laughs> that trillion dollar loss is nothing fast itself. Guys, I'm bankrupt. Um, so like with Q, like it is a cult. It takes a certain individual to take a leap of faith because all of this is all based on belief that there is a cabal that is in charge of our government, a shadow government, a global elite, the Illuminati, the New World Order, taking control of our government that stands for truth and justice and freedom, and they don't want that. They want tyranny. 
They want the jackboots. They want the black armor. They want stormtroopers in the streets. They want a supreme leader. They don't want a president. And the man that's going to stop it is real estate tycoon Donald Trump. (laughs) He is appointed by God. (laughs) This is what they believe. Yeah, there's a weird blend of your like garden variety conspiracy theories with like the Bible and Christian prophecy. Yes. Um, Which I'm surprised I didn't really touch much on in the documentary um because he like interviews several people who identify this as like uh one dude's just openly like yeah this is christo fascism yeah yeah Um, other people are like they mention jesus a lot and like these prophecies um which maybe that's not what andrew was interested in and there's if that's something you're interested in like go read books like jesus and john wayne um which kind of uh, talks about the historical perspective of how like right-wing politics has like been in bed with the church for mm-hmm. like the 20th century. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it really is this kind of like religion or like pseudo religion that kind of formed really quickly in, in real time. The cult of Q. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I do clearly remember uh, after viewing, even viewing the documentary twice uh, that, that phrase, christian fascist and yeah and i'm like what i don't even i'm a political science major with a mass public administration and i'm like i, I it's an oxymoron yeah isn't it? yeah i'm yeah. pretty sure christ is not a fascist <laughs> yeah well in their mind oh he's a socialist um, he's a communist <laughs> right <laughs> i mean proto socialism but i mean friends you know in, 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 in their minds Communism, socialism, anything on the left is like the enemy of Christianity. And they believe that the nation would be best run if like Christians were in charge and like whoever God appoints to be in charge is actually in charge. I don't know how that works with. I I think they're, I mean, it almost kind of seems like when they say a Christian fascist that they're almost referring to a uh, Abrahamic or, or, or Israel as um, uh, uh, Israel kind of view of it, where like guys anointed like Abraham's gonna lead the whole entire family. Yeah, when it's gonna go down this son and this son, and you would yeah, basically theocracy. Like, yeah, yeah, it sounds like theocracy with like extra tops. But I think it's <laughs> even more simple than that. And let me unpack it from my point of view. It's okay. not one big family because like <laughs> they use that term Christo fascist or Christian fascist. Christianity is the excuse for fascism mm. because what I think it truly is is white supremacy. And let me yeah. let me unpack that because like uh, we were talking about cults, we were talking about the the, the Gothard uh, guy, yeah, Bill Gothard and IBLP, yeah, IBLP, all these different Christian cults and all these uh, Christians that infiltrated our governments, the right wing, uh, like hard, like I don't even know how to describe it, like NRA people, the you know people that are in the Supreme Court right now, mm-hmm. like the best way I could describe it is. So all of these hardcore fundamentalist Christians, it's kind of interesting that they're trying to preserve this idea of America. And it just so happens that they're all white, specifically Anglo-Saxon white. Except for that one guy. Like pilgrims white. And I don't know if it's in the forefront of their brains, but I think somewhere back there, I think... You know, with the changing tide of America over the past hundred, 
50 years or so where like America is becoming, which was the point, it becomes more and more diverse and they see their own race, the white people disappearing in media, they're disappearing. So they're trying to, I wouldn't even say disappearing, just like not being the only emphasis. That's a good, yes. It's like in their, in their eyes, they're being discriminated against or replaced, but in reality, they're just not being as supreme in everything. Yeah. Not the main show anymore. Yeah. I think there's a certain degree in which they feel that they're being pushed aside instead of sharing the sunlight to a certain degree. Yeah. There, there is some, um, can be careful here to communities that are primarily white and also poor and disadvantaged. Um, like a lot of blue collar towns, coal mining communities, et cetera, uh, who are already like materially not well off and struggling to also feel like they're being replaced or that um, their struggles are not not legitimate because of the color of their skin. Mm. Um, that could feel really uh, dismissive of everything that they actually do struggle with. Um, and latching onto a story of, you know, our culture and identity is being wiped out by all these crazy people uh, gives them like some kind of hope, some kind of story or some kind of structure over everything that they're experiencing to explain like why shit's so hard. So I, I, I get it. Um, but it absolutely doesn't excuse the, the beliefs themselves or how they're represented in the world. Yeah. So I think it's just, I know you're focusing in on the whole Christian aspect, mm-hmm. but I think that's just, Oh no, I did. I, I, I happenstance. I, I just thought there was just a very odd phrase. I didn't understand. Particularly mm-hmm. when it was the first time I, first time I've ever heard of it. It, it it is a thing. Um, particularly, there's a movement in the uh, in the charismatic church um, called the Seven Hills movement. I want to say or the Seven Seven Mountain theology. Okay, where they believe that like um, to what God wants you to do is to conquer like the seven mountains, um, and there are things like education, uh, communication. Um, I'm I'm blinking out on the other ones, but they are basically like domains of influence and control in society. And they want Christians to be at the top and in control of all seven of those mountains. If you do that, then you will have like a godly nation and everything good will follow from that. It just so happens that they're all white. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, Controlling the seven mountains just kind of sounds like controlling the seven uh, aspects of cultural and governmental influence world domination yeah a new yeah, yeah world order pretty much but i was trying to say that the right the... people in charge the global elites are taking over <laughs> here's the thing and we can we can move on from this because like it's white supremacy that has been uh masked uh because like it's not overt mm-hmm. because what's overt is the religion aspect but like if we are in some other nation Japan, it would be Shintoism. If it was uh, Islam, I mean, if we were in the Middle East, it would be Islam. But happened to be we're in America, and it's like with organized religion and like fundamentalists, they hemorrhage so much money 
because they're tax exempt. Like if like like look at the Creation Museum for example. Oh my god! Oh, and like Tennessee, right? That that dude, Ken Ham, is that his name? Yeah, Ken Ham. He swindled Kentucky. This is Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kentucky out of millions of dollars to make this fantasy museum of humans riding dinosaurs, and he recreated the Ark, not biblically, with cranes and shits and mm-hmm. cement. <laughs> and Bill Nye went Artistic there and was like, lessons. "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> Wait, so so. So why, uh, in, in what manner did, was he able to swindle out? Like, was he being publicly financed by here's them? The thing. Or was he? Here's Sorry. the thing. And here's the main point of all this. Because like all of these influential religious people cozy themselves up next to politicians that also align with the, you know, they all align religiously. Mm-hmm. So then they align politically. So then they finance these uh, politicians, they get them into office or they groom the next generation to go into office to make changes. Like it's like, it's, they're playing the long game mm-hmm. to control. And we, we right now are seeing the fruition of generations of building up people to go into our governments, to infiltrate our governments and change it from the outside or from the inside out. I know it sounds like a conspiracy, but it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's fact. This is an example of a conspiracy that is true. Yes. Because it's like, oh, it's a conspiracy by definition. This is a conspiracy. It's people conspiring to take control. Sounds of like Game of Thrones to me more so. Bon, dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. It's like a whole bunch of little fingers or like Varys with his, uh, with his little bird. They were Sam's mm-hmm. infection. And he grew up the little birds to take control of uh, the Iron Throne. That's that's exactly what's happening with our government. Is, is it a conspiracy? Yes, but it's not a theory because it came to fruition. We have people within our Supreme Court that are there until they're dead, mm-hmm. enacting stuff that aligns with the Bible, which doesn't align with the American people. And then we have people in our own government, career politicians that are never going to go away until they retire, which will never happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only in a coffin, that's how they retire. That are yeah. enacting... And And preserving not Mm. the American people, not the general public, but the people that are financing them, these megachurches, these uh, religious institutions, these special packs that they made. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about Christian fascism, this is it. Yeah. This is what it is. It's a whole system. And this is not speculation, by the way. Like, historians will will attest to this. We have on record people like James Dobson and Phyllis Schlafly and... Uh, Mitch McConnell saying like, this is the strategy that we're doing. Um, yeah, it's, it's in some ways brilliant, but also like horrific at the same time. I'm not trying to mansplain. This like... is what's going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My, the, the whole point is religion has been like co-opted in this way to serve a broader socio-political movement. Um, and that's where like the crystal fascism mm-hmm. thing comes in. Um, and why you see like, displays of christian symbols and uh and and other assorted iconography at these like million million mega march uh events um it's it's all blended together um and and the thing is it's not even like most christians who believe in this QAnon, or or like any kind of um like government leverage oh yeah because it's the it's the vast minority Mm -hmm. it's it's because most Christians don't subscribe to fundamentalism. Yes, especially if you take like a global perspective of Christianity. 
Most believe, okay, there's Jesus. He died for my sins. I'm going to go to heaven if I believe in him, like the basic stuff. And then when we go to America, we have this reaction. We had this, we had this long discussion (laughs) off air um, about like, it's really their response to Darwinianism. It's like, oh my God, yes, I the didn't. Fundamentalist modernist controversy, if you want to have some light Wikipedia reading. <laughs> like, they're like, oh my God, I didn't come from an ape. Mm-hmm. I'm not no monkey. Yeah. I'm a man and God made me. Isn't that right, Cletus? <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> like, but for real, like, I mean, most Christians don't subscribe. It's, it's the fringe, it's always the fringe mm-hmm. group. And we saw a quite large fringe group. Not all QAnon people are hardcore fundamentalist Christians. It's just, for some reason, it's the coalition, like you said before. It just attracts those people. Mm-hmm. It's the honeypots that attracts the... The flies. They want to belong somewhere. And like they're already on the outskirts. When you subscribe to an ideology that your, your world is corrupt, your world is fallen, the darkness is closing in, and there's a people group that comes in and says, hey, what you believe, that's true. Mm-hmm. They're within our own governments. They're trying to take over. The swamp is infesting everything. Your way of life is going to go away unless you listen to this prophet. His name is Q. And he's working with our presidents to stop this. Mm-hmm. There's Jesus, and then there's Donald Trump. Yeah. And... By supporting this, that makes you the hero. You're one of the good guys in this story. I'm on the inside? Yeah. I know the hidden truth that could save everybody? You have a part to play, my friend. I do? Yes, you do. Oh, my God. What do I need to do, Aaron? Buy my brain pills. <laughs> Alpha brain? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Buy, buy the merch. Show up at, at, at protests and events. Donate. Yeah, be loud and proud. You want all my money? All of it. Okay. <laughs> because I can't bring it with me to heaven. Nope. My true heavens, my true treasures in heaven. Mm-hmm. Please take all my money. That's... I'll buy the bone broth. <laughs> <laughs> That's really how it is. Caveman. It's, it's exploiting all of these anxieties and fears that people have, which for the most part are, are legitimate, but twisting it into this story that uh is demonstrably false but gives people hope and a purpose and that's like really what's i'm kind of retarded <laughs> that's really what's like most sad about this whole thing and we kind of see it on the ground level with this documentary yes. um i'm thinking of uh what's the kid's name spencer um answer no yeah. oh, the, 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 the um the very little boy yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, there's yeah, um, kind of there's a that was uh i think it was the million mega march the first one that uh, Andrew went to and he interviewed this kid who was like spouting a bunch of this like QAnon nonsense. Yes. And memorized. He, yeah. Just, just memorized like at the ready. I think he's like eight, eight or nine years old, something like that. Super impressionable age. Yeah. Um, maybe he's a little bit older. Why would my parents lie to me? I, I, exactly. My parents know everything. Yeah. And they told and, me this. Uh, he got permission to go to this kid's house and like interview the family and, um, this was in Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. and uh, the kids like they Spencer has some siblings and they all kind of spout this nonsense. Um, but then w- what was critical for me was seeing that Andrew and like the other crew members were just like playing with the kids like kids do. They're just doing normal kid stuff. Um, 
you know, getting into Nerf gun fights and, uh, and stuff like that. And you just realize that these kids are just kids and yeah. the, the parents are full into QAnon and they show Andrew like how to get to like the boards where you see all the Q drops and stuff like that. And God. it's on, it's on the dark web and, uh, God is a VPN to get in there. Yeah. And, uh, just a few blocks away or I think two miles away, they covered, um, goodness what's his name there's a african-american family yeah uh and there's like a shooting of someone there at the wendy's right yeah um, yeah rayshard yeah, brooks yeah uh rayshard brooks was shot at a wendy's in atlanta georgia uh by police for like resisting arrest and uh there's all whole riot there they burned the wendy they burned the wendy's down although i think it was like a white girl who did it or something like that like they didn't even want to burn the wendy's down um, but it happened. Antifa. And, yeah. And uh, so Andrew goes to where the Wendy's was and interviews some people there, goes to like a housing project nearby. And just by talking to them, he talks to some of the, talks to some of the kids there and just realizes like they're just normal kids. They want to grow up to be like basketball stars or football stars. But like some of them already at about the same age as Spencer have had like a cousin die, get shot in the yeah. back. Um, and they're just like struggling with poverty and the realities of like everyday living, just trying to get by and, like a couple miles away. There's these more, this more well-off family who they're deep into this QAnon conspiracy hole. And it's such a stark contrast between this family. who's just trying to get by and this family who thinks they are set up to be these opponents against ultimate evil and not realizing that like, they could be helping each other. Yeah. And, and yeah. it kind of almost seems like as if, uh, the worries of the, of the particularly of the white family are just kind of unnecessary mm -hmm. really, you know, uh, like versus the actual trauma that the other family has to kind of like go through, through their own, uh, living environment is presented as more real and, kind of more urgent and not that there's not certainly anything that the one family could particularly do for the other, but just that their worries are extremely unnecessary to a certain degree. When you have all of your needs met and you're living a very comfortable life, you can then entertain ideas that are detached from reality. Yes. But when you're in a position so where college, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> so, but like, seriously, with like the other family, the low income family, when you don't know when your next meal is going to come or if you can even pay rent or the mortgage or where your parents are, if you're going to live the next day. You're not going to spend time thinking of, hmm, is there an ancient evil within my own government that's sacrificing children to get the adrenochrome so they can live forever? <laughs> Reptilians planted by the Vatican. Which they meet Jeff in the comic ping pong pizza palace in the basement. <laughs> Hillary Clinton's involved with John Podesta. No, they're not going to think about any of that stuff. No. And because their needs aren't met. They're thinking of surviving. They don't have the money to go to these rallies and protests and fly out there and stuff like that. They just don't. Here, here's the wild thing, though, that I wasn't expecting with this documentary. Um, they revisit Spencer's family after 
the January 6th mm-hmm. insurrection and they completely de-radicalize like they, the first time that they're there, they have like Trump mega shirts on and QAnon memorabilia throughout the house. All that's gone by the time they come back and they just talk about how like it all was for nothing. Uh, these predictions didn't come true. We feel duped. Um, that was I was more expecting them to like double down on it, but they like came to their senses and they're like, yeah, this was all bullshit. That was really surprising. That is surprising because irrational people. Yeah. Like the, the rug was pulled out from them under them. Like, cause they, they realized, Oh, I got had mm-hmm. none of this is true. Do you think something almost would have to do with it for the fact that they live in Atlanta, Georgia and the fact that Atlanta was such a crucible of, uh, political and conspiracy drama um, around the time of January 6th and after. Right. Because we had Alex Jones and one of the marches was there because they're trying to decertify the election. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they went to the Capitol in Georgia and they were, I saw this live by the way. Oh my God. (laughs) They were marching all around the Capitol building they they made those politicians, you know, seek shelter. Did they blow some trumpets? Try to get the Capitol to fall down? <laughs> Jericho <laughs> well, style? Well, Jericho. <laughs> well, there was, uh, instead of seven trumpets, there were seven bullhorns. Sent two people and Alex side. Jones was there. He's like, <laughs> we are the tip of the spear. <laughs> yeah. We are the resistance. Your tyranny will end. And... Yeah, I mean, I think seeing it firsthand, like, for example, if that were to happen here in Chicago, uh, you would have, like, QAnon people going to, like, Daily Center and, like, demanding uh, we change stuff uh, with the election. We'll be like, holy shit. Uh, Maybe we got some things wrong. Do do you remember or or do you know, like, the story of uh, that one guy, kind of crazy guy who was, like, a... A local celebrity in San Francisco because he was a self-proclaimed like emperor of San Francisco or of America or whatever. No, I haven't heard of this. Yeah, it's an old-timey story. I think like late 1800s, early 1900s, something like that. Oh, I, wow. I don't have all the details on the guy, but something when I see Alex Jones, that's what I think of. Guy just going to say anything. I'm going to sure, Alex. Yep, anything you say, man. Emperor of Texas. Uh, no, San the, Francisco. San Francisco. Uh, yeah, Alex uh, Jones. Oh, emperor. Oh, 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 yeah. emperor of Austin, Austin Texas. Texas, but... Uh, yeah. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Uh, Joshua Abraham Norton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Emperor Norton. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like they, like they gave him, like, the town gave him like an official like honorary title and like of emperor. Like, like, like he would, there'd there'd be people would be like that would be like, oh, you know, Emperor Norton, I'll pay for your bagel, like you know, or like dinner or something like that. The perks of being emperor, free yeah, bagels. You know, kind of. Got his uh, uh, his freebies, say at least. I don't know. Uh, but no, he that's it, incredible. Yeah, it's it's a very very interesting. I mean, it's San Francisco, so <laughs> what can I say? It's not exactly out of the ordinary. Besides, uh, with the emperors of uh, the you know political class of the last like uh, 10, 15 years. Um, and also uh, the business class. They all come from San Francisco, mm. right? Now, why is that? Uh, the gold rush. Oh, wait, no. Oh, no, that was far away. <laughs> <laughs> the attacking gold rush, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Oh, I, I know what that is. Uh, what was it? 
What was it called? What? The, the Silicon Valley Bank. Oh. FTX? Yeah, oh. yeah. They yeah. made a lot of money with that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, FTX. Oh. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> This is real, guys. <laughs> the, the thing that always cracks me up the most about the FTX was the fact that, like six months before they like crashed, I, I went to the FTX arena in Miami to watch the Heat play against the Celtics at the opening of the season, and I was I kept on forgetting the name. I'm with FTX, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, it's some like cryptocurrency." And I'm like, "I've never heard this." And I'm like, I was like, "Wait," <laughs> when they when they were talking about taking the FTX name off of. Uh, uh, the name of the building, and when they, when they went bankrupt, I'm like, you know, I guess I can't call it that anymore. Oh, what Gotta a world get, we're living in. Again, living it, in their own reality. It, 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 it yes. kind of feels like, like the Tilling Park Amphitheater where the name changes constantly, and now I just don't remember. God. And speaking of living in your own reality, Alex Jones, everybody. Yes. So oh, He makes an extensive appearance in yes, this documentary. Very extensive. Andrew Callahan went to InfoWars Studio in the compound in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Against government corruption, against Big Brother. <laughs> he met with Alex Jones and Orrin Schroyer and Dave Knights, Leanne McAdoo, all of the InfoWars people. You seem strangely familiar with these people. I've been listening to them for a long time. <laughs> he watches them every single morning. Because just like, a, what was that kid's name? The little kid. Oh, Spencer? Because just like Spencer, when I was uh, 13, I had an internet connection. Yeah. And I found a website that talked about how 9-11 was an inside job. Oh, Loose Change? Well, it was around the time of Loose Change, but okay. it was something else. And like, I got scared. I was like, I can't be looking at this. I'm going to get in trouble, of course. <laughs> like, why would anybody say this? Yeah. And then I stumbled upon Alex Jones. Oh, my God. And he was talking about how our government is evil. I've never heard this origin story. Really? No. I thought I talked about it on the cue into the storm. If you did, I can't remember. Let me give you the highlights. Even better the second time. <laughs> let me First give, time for me. Let me give you the highlights. Okay. So then I, it was on googlevideo.com. Oh, yes. <laughs> All of Alex Jones's documentaries were on there for okay. free, which wow. was on purpose because he disseminated the information. It's an information war. Yeah. And I... Well, I had to understand, like, okay, 9-11 could have been an inside job. And think of the context back then. It was like 2003, 2004, height of the I Iraq War, George W. Bush. And I felt like I was being discriminated against simply because I was being uh, an Arab-descended kid. Mm. And, you know, my family and I went on vacations a lot as a kid. So we flew. And then one time... We couldn't get on the plane. Mm. Oh. Why? Um, you're on the FBI no-fly list. Oh. FBI no-fly list. But I'm 10 years old. So I got discriminated against simply because of my name. Mm. Haddad? Yes. Which is Middle Eastern. I'm well aware. Back then. See, see, like the breadcrumbs of what brought me to this position. So I was like, okay, before this... The government was seen as like, you know, this is our foundation of our society. Mm -hmm. Bill Clinton. I mean, other than, you know, Monica Lewinsky. He was, <laughs> he was, he was a good president. Yeah. Um, like everything was peaceful. And then 9-11 happened. George W. Bush. Uh, take me of the Freedoms, Patriot Act, all this stuff. 
So I had the context of like, okay, maybe our government doesn't have our best interests. And then Alex Jones came and said, no, they don't. Mm -hmm. They don't follow the Constitution. This is evil. They are evil. And then I just fell down the rabbit hole because I didn't know any better because I was 13 years old. Yeah. And then 10 documentaries later, after watching all of Alex Jones's catalog. Start making your own videos. (laughs) I see security cameras like, oh, my God, 1984 is happening. Uh, Yeah. And then as I age, I was like, you know, you you, instead of being a fully formed adult falling into the rabbit hole, like a lot of these QAnon people, Mm -hmm. when QAnon, that whole phenomenon came, I was like, oh, I've seen this before. Mm. This isn't true. Hmm. Because it's not it's not connected with reality. There are real conspiracy theories, you know, um, Gulf of Tonkin, JFK assassination, Operation Northwoods, all of these like real things that have happened in history mm-hmm. that led us to certain things. Yeah, those conspiracies are true. However, someone on the inside um, disseminating riddles. About classified information. That's like you're in Batman. Yeah. It's like nobody. Tell <laughs> me this, Batman. Nobody yeah, does yeah. this. And we had Julian Assange before this that just leaked information. We had, uh, what was his name? Bradley uh, Manning. Yeah, Bradley Manning, Chelsea Manning. Mm-hmm. Just released information. That's what leakers do. They just release the documents. They don't yeah. like, okay, let me like write a poem <laughs> <laughs> yeah. about this. But yeah, that's how I learned about Alex Jones was I, I grew up listening to him. Like, just like falling asleep every night, just hearing his voice, like, new world order. (laughs) Yeah. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And so... But, like, as I grew up, I just slowly stopped listening to him because, like, it, it turned into entertainment mm. eventually instead of, like, this is information. However, during January 6th, I was working, work from home. It's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. My coworkers messaged me. Armand, do you see what's happening? Uh, yeah, there's, like, a march in D.C., because I'm on InfoWars' mailing list, I knew about this march two weeks in advance. <laughs> so you, you were Q. You were on He's the on inside. the inside, guys. <laughs> but Alex Jones, believe it or not, did not believe in Q. Because mm. he is Q. Because he was like, I was looking into it, and they believe that there's dinosaurs in the center of the earth. And it's like, what? The, you're, you're putting in false information with the real information. It's like, this isn't true. Did he say this before or after January 6th? Before. Okay, okay. Before. Because like in the beginning he was like, we'll "Oh, Q is real," and then eventually he's like, "Wait a minute, this is bullshit." Yeah, I could have made this up. <laughs> <laughs> if your yeah. name is Ron Watkins, oh, yeah. you definitely made it up. 
But anyways, so like I knew that the January 6th was happening, but not to that. I didn't think they were going to storm the fucking Capitol. Yeah. Because I even debated, should I go? <laughs> hmm. Armand, what, if I, I what difference is a march going to do? That was my rationale. I was like, wow, we've seen so many fucking marches. We had a whole summer full of marches. Didn't do shit. Nothing changed, in my opinion. So I was like, what's another march going to do? I'm talking about like all the marches, BLM, yeah. all, all that shit. So I was like, what's another march going to do? It's not going to do shit. I'm going to waste my time. I'm not going to go. I don't think I, it would be kind of suspicious if I called off work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sick, guys. But anyways, and my coworker's like, they're in the Capitol. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I turn on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing live broadcasts yeah. on Twitter in the Capitol. I see the barricades. They're busting through the, the windows. I was, oh like, God. I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. It's happening. We're taking our country back. <laughs> <laughs> so then I turn on CNN. They're losing their minds. I turn on Fox News. They're equally losing their minds. Yeah. And then I turned on Infowars.com. Emergency broadcast. Yeah. We're going into overdrive. Alex Jones was there with his team, and he had this perfect view of the Capitol from his balcony. Mm. You could see the whole lawn. The, was it like a hotel balcony or something? I don't know where it was. I'm sure if I Google map. The I speaker's balcony, it apparently. It was some <laughs> special media balcony, and he had access to it because Donald Trump gave InfoWars mm-hmm. a press pass to the yep. White House. <laughs> yep. I still, remember, I still remember the day that happened, and I was like, interesting. I think it was hmm. John Badandi. Yes, I know all their names. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... Correspondent frequently. And I was I was like, what does Alex Jones have to say about this? I was expecting him to be like, yes, we're finally doing it. And he was like, this is an attack on democracy. This is not what this is not how it was supposed to be. There's Asian huh. provocateurs there. They're telling them to go into like the Capitol. I was telling them to go around the Capitol. Okay. He's like, I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think he says that a lot wow. of times in his life. <laughs> wow. So that's what happened on January 6th. And there's no way to find that feed because I think it was on Periscope. Oh, RIP. Yeah, deleted. But I watched it live. It's got to be somewhere. And I was like, someone has it. I hope so. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I am watching history right now. And honestly, I've been bored since (laughs) (laughs) 9-11. Wow. Wow. Yeah. uh, Anyways, what were you going to say, Aaron? um, I was going to say, like... It, it left me. Lucas, you were oh, talking oh, to us before we yeah, recorded. I, I, you have uh, your own January yeah, 6th Yeah, I was going to say for my own January 6th story, I uh, did not experience any of it. This, uh, this summer of 21 uh, in July, I'd gotten uh, LASIK eye surgery because I was blind as a bat, negative 7 left, negative 8 in the right. Sounds like oh me. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I Bad vision in my family. <laughs> um, but that being said... Uh, uh, the night before January 5th, I unknowingly in my sleep tore my cornea membrane. Whoa. And so the very next day, it was, my eye was kind of blurry and problematic most of the day. Were you scared? When I started losing my vision, yeah. Yeah, I think I think everyone always is. Uh, but my last memory I kind of really have of the day is I had um, uh, around 2 o'clock, I had, like around 1.30, 2 o'clock, I had messaged uh, some coworkers and said, Hey, I, I have to get off for the day. I'm having some really bad vision problems. I'm seeing a doctor tomorrow. 
Uh, it, it got to the point where I, I gave my mom my phone and I'm like, you need to text my chief of staff and let him know I can't see. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, it's Lucas' mom. Just so you know, he can't see now. He's not at work. He talked to so-and-so. And uh, I went to bed and uh, I had taken some medication that gave me some wild dreams to say the least. Was um, it Ambien? Yes, it was Ambien. Good thing you weren't tweeting. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was oh, not shit. tweeting. I, I did have a wild dream about uh, Ralphio Warnock and the uh, that race out in Georgia, and that was oh my god, quite interesting, at least. But uh, uh, just, just the entire night, you know, I kind of waking up, up and down, up, you know, in and out, and uh, uh, I kept on hearing my phone just buzzing a, a, a ton, and. Um, I had seen in between. I opened up my. I was. I couldn't see, but if I opened up one eye for like one second, it would still be very painful. But I can see a little bit. And I just seen that there was like pipe bombs discovered at the DNC and RNC. I, I didn't know what the, the heck was going on. And the next morning, um, uh, uh, I had my uh, my mom go on my phone for me and, and, and call a buddy in grad school so I can email some professors for the first week of of classes and let them know I, Lucas is blind. He can't do the homework. He'll in touch when he can see hopefully uh and my buddy just saying like oh you don't know what happened and he just one progressed further worse and worse from they started the capitol to they carried off the speaker's podium and were in her office to someone got shot and killed and it's like i don't know what's going on here and it's it's as close to going into a situation literally blind as i possibly could say literally and also figuratively at the same exact time mm-hmm and it was just, uh, I just remember the entire day just blind listening to uh, uh, radio and just a lot of different podcasts and kind of piecing out things and just like, I picked a really good day to like <laughs> check out for society for be blind for 24 hours. Wow. Like, this was, it was, you know, uh, uh, it wasn't really a blessing, but it was, it was a positive in disguise silver silver lining silver lining yeah (laughs) wow it's like what's that meme uh what a horrible day to have vision like like (laughs) it it, 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 it feels weird as like a seven-year-old like experiencing 9-11 but as someone who's 20 uh uh you know 28 20 you know 28 at the time Mm -hmm. i did not experience like (laughs) that uh those riots yeah like where were you i was Pretty high in ambient, probably in my sleep, <laughs> in my dreams. You're debating whether this was actually happening or not. Mm-hmm. I don't. Some of that, some stuff did happen. Some stuff didn't happen. Wow, I can't tell you which one. <laughs> oh man, uh, January sixth for me. I remember I had a shift at the radio station that I was working at uh, at the time, and I was working for a Christian nonprofit radio station for a drive time talk show about like current events, politics, etc. And like this was going down like hours before I had to be at work. So like I'm texting my boss saying like, you know, this is happening, like should we say something about it, blah 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 and I don't remember exactly what we did on air. I think we had like a guest interview lined up so we had to like stick to that, but um so I can't remember exactly what uh, what was said by the host. Um, but I knew like this is some serious shit. So, uh, while I'm like sitting there waiting to field phone calls from people, um, I'm like checking Twitter and Reddit for like news updates and discord and all that. Um, and like 
a lot of people were calling in wanting to talk about it. And I just had to like make a note of it and put them on hold. And yeah, it, it was, it was nuts. Everyone, everyone wants to kind of live through these uh, historical events until they realize like how fucking frightening they are. <laughs> our fabric of our society was unraveling before our eyes. Yes. Yes. It felt like the culmination of all this like back and forth that was going on for certainly the past, the, the prior four years, but yes, beyond that too. For a season finale of the Donald Trump season, Shabaganza. It, it was apropos. Yeah. It's going to be a bang. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> you know, yes. <laughs> for the first four seasons, you thought, this couldn't be happening. Wait till you see the finale. No, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like Game of Thrones every day. <laughs> so, this place rules. What's interesting is that um, while this was going down, Andrew was laid up with COVID. And so he wasn't actually on the ground uh, seeing what was happening on the day. Um, but he does like a bunch of follow-up interviews with people that uh, appeared earlier in the documentary. Um, he did a couple of interviews with Enrique Terrio, uh, the Proud Boys chairman of the Proud Boys. Yeah. Um, Alex Jones, of course, uh, the Spencer family, he does a follow-up on. And what's interesting is the way that a lot of the leaders of these kind of movements backpedaled after January 6th, where you have Alex Jones saying like, you know, this is 1776. You gotta, gotta keep fighting, uh, basically doing everything possible up to, but not including a call for violence. Right. And then after that, like kind of backpedaling being like, no, 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 this is an info war. It's all about <laughs> info war, not physical war, not chemical war. <laughs> <laughs> not biological war, info war, info war. and like to, just trying to distance himself from it as much as possible. Enrique Terrio did the same thing. Um, so I find it interesting that the people who are most responsible for like stoking the flames don't want to deal with the aftermath. Same thing with um, like the mainstream news media at the time. Uh, they kind of backpedaled to, uh, you know, this this horrific tragedy that unfolded at, at the White House today. Who said uh, protests need to be peaceful? <laughs> exactly. Don Lemon. Um, without acknowledging the fact that they've been... Mostly peaceful um, protests. <laughs> well, without acknowledging that they've been stoking this uh, kind of harsh us versus mm. them um, bifurcated mentality uh, for years and years now where they're trying to... Each side is trying to paint the other as this kind of boogeyman. And... That's where I think the strength of this documentary comes through. And even with the fringe weirdos, we get a glimpse of like actual like people and humanity underneath all of these labels that uh, are, are assigned to them. Right. Once again, that's Andrew Callahan's expertise in doing this because like mm -hmm. he could go, he could have been like, um, well, what was her name? I don't want to say Megan Trainer, uh, the news anchor, Megan. Kelly. Megan Kelly, who also interviewed Alex Jones, but she had an agenda. Mm. Like all of these people that come from like CBS, uh, ABC, Fox, they all have an agenda because like they're working for a company. Andrew Callahan is just doing this because he's passionate about it mm -hmm. and he wants to know the truth and he wants to know the actual story. And to get that actual story, you need to go into it like an ethnographer and just document what's actually happening and have the people that are experiencing it talk about it themselves. Mm -hmm. And when he goes up to the Proud Boys leader or Alex Jones, he's just having them dig their own grave yeah. by talking. 
he's like, so what'd you think about the, all this? And he, they, they just talk. And it's, it's up to you, the viewer, to determine whether or not what they're saying is valid or true or reputable or agreeable. That's up to you. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, you know, he said this and what I think about it. It's like, no, he doesn't interject his own opinion. Does it, does it very seldomly. He allows, he doesn't, uh, what's that phrase you use, Aaron? He doesn't take your intelligence for granted as the viewer. He just allows you to form your own opinions. Uh, gonzo journalism or. Yeah. I mean, you could do that. Mm-hmm. Sure. He, Cinema he, verite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's not a detached style of journalism, but rather like just letting you hear it from the horse's mouth. Right. Very true. I talk to people because they're stupid <laughs> and I say stupid things. I mean, that's pretty much what Alex Jones said. He's like the, the proletariat. They like dumb down things. So that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Trigger sure what? Mm. it's it's tremendous it's huge have you heard of the word globalist (laughs) yeah they're people that don't like america there's one person that he interviewed at a MAGA rally who was screaming about like the globalists and what is a globalist yeah uh well you you know i'm not gonna live i don't know names yeah so it's a boogeyman so yeah, he, he he does push back at different points, just but it, he's just it, asking questions. Yeah. Oh, he said globalist. What and is not that? In the not in the um, inflammatory, just asking questions to like dodge responsibility sense. He really is just trying to understand what's happening. Yeah. And he's allowing the stupidity to come forth. Mm-hmm. What's a globalist? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, but I'm mad about it. <laughs> I feel like you go into most bars and you you put simple questions to people. You kind of get the same things. Yeah, um, that, that, that's why I'm personally not a huge fan of like man on the street kind of reporting, um, because a you could just keep asking questions until you find someone who is either completely unhinged or completely like uninformed about yeah. something, and people are usually not the best at articulating uh, what they think and why, just generally. But also like if you put them on the spot, but it is an interesting glimpse into. Uh, especially like fringe ideology when people are in a space where they can just say what they want and get away with it. That's what's really interesting about this documentary. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Dave Tochini? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can we talk about Dave Tochini? Let's talk about is, Dave Tochini. Is, is, is that the guy at the very end? It was the guy with the cowboy hat. The, the guy at the very end? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I was, that was something I was going to write. I didn't want to... Bring, I bring anything about it. That was very. There's a character. Um, he is a YouTuber that's not on YouTube because mm-hmm. he's banned. So he's on BitChute, which yeah. is a BitChute. BitChute. It is a B I T S H O O T. No, B I T C H U T. Oh shoot! Like, like a parachute. Like parachute. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard. If you spell time. it out, the, the word "bitch" is in there. Yeah. It's bit shoot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that definitely seems like an Elon Musk meme. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's like an alternative video, uh, we call it video hosting website, kind of like YouTube, except all the people that are banned from YouTube go to BitChute. Mm-hmm. So you can just imagine what the type of videos but, are on I, there. I, I Flat thought, Earth, the Reptilians, David Icke, all I, that stuff. I thought that the go-to 
uh, YouTube thing post YouTube Rumble Rumble. So are, are these guys even banned off Rumble or something? This is even below Rumble. Yeah. But, but, but this is guys, the 4chan of Rumble. But they, are these guys banned from Rumble or are they like Rumble's too corporate? Rumble is way too corporate for this. Okay, Rumble's too globalist. This is yeah. like we're talking about uh, the tall whites. The the ancient greys, mm-hmm. like stuff I, I, that you find. You are making no sense to me right stuff now. Stuff that's too hot for Gaia.com. Oh, my God. You, you know speaking, what Gaia is. You are speaking a completely foreign language to me, in which back I don't understand the, jargon. Back in the day, on YouTube, if you were down the conspiracy rabbit hole, like me, <laughs> you would be recommended videos that are fucking weird. Yeah, it, it's like the iceberg, right? Oh, yeah. Tip the iceberg is like... Loose change, 9-11 was an inside job. Yes. And you get further down, and it's like the globalist elite. Uh, then further, further down, you get David Icke and the <laughs> reptilian people, uh, flat, earth, flat Earth, earth yes. et cetera, QAnon, uh, the cabal, and like the bottom of the bottom, that's bit shoot. That's bit shoot. Wow. Or you can find Ken Han's videos. Oh, my God. Oh. Really? <laughs> No. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. But anyways. He, he's he's not dangerous enough. He's, no. He's he's silly, but mostly harmless. Uh, that would be, uh, what, what's his name? Gotti? Goddard? Oh, Bill Gothard? Bill Gothard's on there. Oh, my God. You need to marry a woman and have as many children as possible. <laughs> so anyways. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> don't tell me what to do, bro. Anyways. So on BitChute. What was I talking about? Lost my uh, his videos on BitChute. Yeah, I just, I, um, I swear, I was who's on BitChute? Dave Tocini. Dave Tocini. Inglorious okay. Patriots. <laughs> Inglorious so, Patriots today. That, that's his uh, screen handle. So oh, fucking well. stupid. So, anyways, he was banned off of YouTube for obvious reasons because he's talking about QAnon and conspiracy theories. Uh, so he's on BitChute and he's like the Inglorious Patriots and he's, he has a following on BitChute and he's talking about the deep state, all the QAnon stuff. And the best way to describe him is he looks like he's in a militia, a militia mm-hmm. of one person. Andrew Callahan interviews him. He, he looks like Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> he lives in a van. Uh, he has uh, military uh, flags all over. Probably never served. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we see, we see military flags. We're talking like Marine Corps, Navy, things like that. He it's looks like, like he, Punisher logo oh, mixed with the American flag. Yes. He wishes he was Rambo. Bunch of army surplus he gear. Doesn't, he does not look like Rambo. I can say that no. from the documentary. Pod listeners cannot see him, but if you watch it, he is. He's, he, he he looks like he's he bags no, of groceries at Walmart. Yeah, yeah. He can't. Uh, he can't. He can't even face uh, Stallone at, at his current age. He no. is the white trash Indiana Jones. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. He's Trailer Park, Indiana Jones. Without the doctor either. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, he's a doctor of a certain thing <laughs> which we're going to talk about. So I set it up, Aaron. Now, who is this man truly? Okay. So like you said, uh, he kind of pops up throughout the documentary just to remind you that he exists. He likes pizza. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Cheese pizza. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So he he kind of explains his perspective on like QAnon uh, and the deep state and what's happening. And he kind of doubles down throughout the documentary on what he believes. And he's inter- interviewed in a follow up um, after uh, January 6th, uh, this time in a diner somewhere, public place. And uh, he unlike the Spencer family, he is not de-radicalized. He doubles down and says, like, you know, this is all part of the plan. Um, 
the, the storm is still coming, etc. And then Andrew uh, hands him a sheet of paper where it is a court record of Dave Tocini and his uh, sexual assault charges against a minor. Oops. And, and, yeah. and the descriptions of those charges are uh, uh, severe, to be honest. Yeah. It wasn't a, just like minor assault. It was, you know, some degrees. Sodomy. Honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you said yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And just before this, he's holding up uh, pictures of different political figures on the left um, and asking him to identify, like, which one's a pedophile. And he's like, yep, all of them, all of them. And uh, turns out he was one, too, the whole time. And there, there's a distinct lack of self uh, awareness, self-awareness, self-reflection on, like, what that could mean. And he basically just he, he, he refuses to acknowledge that kind of cognitive dissonance. And Andrew's take on it is that he has this kind of wrecked, ruined life where he can't leave the state. Um, he's he basically lives out of this RV. Um, he has this kind of sentence over him, uh, this like kind of sex offender status mm-hmm. that he can't get rid of. Uh, and, uh, he basically projects it onto uh, the people that he believes deserve it. And in that way, it at least gives him some kind of story to hope in as far as like an exit, some kind of redemption, some kind of meaning to his life that he's not able to piece together his own life. When I had seen that particular part of the documentary, I'm not sure if you guys felt this way too, but it gave me like memento vibes. Yeah, like there's a scene it, in Memento where like, they're in a diner. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. no, no, but in the fact of like he, you know, and there are photographs in Memento. Well, no, too. not them, but you know, he did something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, he did something wrong that he's projecting that ill will on other people in order to kind of uh, give himself some kind of cleansing of it maybe but unlike know? the main character of memento well yeah, yeah i'm not mental, saying it's a exact replica he can't but... remember things mm-hmm. this dude remembers it he's choosing yeah. not to and remember he's choosing it. to say like no i am not a pedophile that was all a sham they're trying to get me the deep state's trying to get me yeah he Instead, pleaded guilty but he's like because i knew that i wouldn't be able to win the case it it doesn't make sense it's like leaps and bounds and shoots and ladders and jump yeah. through hoops to have this reasoning behind all of his actions which then goes in hand in hand with QAnon because yeah. like you have to have that mi- mindset as well to believe in all this bullshit. Yeah. He's refusing to acknowledge his own shame and guilt and to own that and work with it. So and he- instead is projecting it outward onto who he feels kind of deserves that kind of treatment. And, uh, Andrew speculates that it probably applies to a lot of these people where they have either broken lives or, uh, feel guilt for, causing harm to other people's lives. And at least in this narrative, it gives them some kind of escape uh, instead of really living with and dealing with that. Because on planet Earth, I'm a pedophile. But in QAnon, I'm a hero. Yes. I'm an American hero. I'm a baker. (laughs) I am the hero that I choose to be with my fucking Marines shit and the flags and the guns and the camo and the Mm -hmm. stolen valor that I'm wearing. I'm not this, I'm this. Yeah. And it, it it is detached from reality, but the whole that's almost the whole point is that people want to be detached from reality because reality sucks. 
for whatever reason. Hashtag adulting. Well, for <laughs> for whatever reason, whether it's um, economic hardship or um, this kind of changing landscape that the world doesn't make sense to them anymore as far as like whites being on top or uh, gender being this super easy and clear and distinct category or, um, you know, dem- uh, demographics changing with immigration. And there, there's so many things that are so rapidly changing in the world that a lot of people just can't deal with it mm-hmm. and can't deal with the fact that uh, the world as they know it is different and that they're no longer on top or at least have a distinct role in it. Mm-hmm. That buying into this kind of narrative that is separate from reality, it at least makes sense. And that's kind of the overlap with fundamentalism where fundamentalism filters things through black and white categories. Uh, and it, it, it makes this kind of explanatory narrative for all things that if you can buy into it, then that anxiety, fear, loss of control that can just kind of die down for a little bit because at least there's a plan for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the sad reality is that is not true. Um, that, Things are very difficult and changing in ways that are uncomfortable, but it also means that there's opportunities for people who haven't had it before. Um, there are new ways to engage in the world that can make it a better place. Yes. Um, but if you're not willing to not willing or able to deal with that kind of emotional turmoil that comes with it and have that kind of mindset that wants to learn from other people and um, make the world a better place for everyone else, then uh this, this whole QAnon narrative is at least one of many other options that you can latch onto uh, so that you don't have to deal with that reality. It's really sad, but it makes a sick kind of sense. Do you have anything to say, Lucas? I was glad I was blind. I <laughs> 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 uh, uh, can't say I, I, I lost my vision at a better time in my life. Uh, as painful, that was, I mean, I'll say, I, I literally hope that never happens to me again or anyone listening does not have their... Um, but a cornea torn because that's oof, painful. Yeah, I think <laughs> the whole QAnon movement, it's like people are drawn to it for all their different reasons. And with this man's in, uh, particular reason, it's to hide his shame while mm-hmm. also changing his reality and make it more palatable. And I think that might be a more common uh, situation to a lot of people that fall into the QAnon rabbit hole mm-hmm. because like, I mean, we, we talked about it last time where we know rational people that fell for this. Mm-hmm. I mean, even during the whole pandemic, like I saw people that fell for the plandemic oh, conspiracy yeah, yeah. theory. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. me, being a seasoned veteran on how this shit works. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hold up, bro. Like, this is what's called a conspiracy theory. Could you say you were inoculated against it? Yes. Mm. I got my vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I put the dead viruses in my body. Yeah. So it can't get me. It was an information war. <laughs> <laughs> but like true serum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super male vitality. <laughs> Brain blast. So, like, I I know how these conspiracies work because, mm-hmm. like, they, they prey on, I don't know, insecurities. And it's like, you know the hidden knowledge. 
other people don't. Mm -hmm. It is up to you. Like you all of a sudden become the protagonist instead of an NPC Mm -hmm. in the story. And I feel like a lot of people are drawn towards that. Yeah. Oh, I want, because like life, I mean, you could find meaning in a whole bunch of different aspects of life, but like, it seems like life is meaningless Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are lost and then they latch on to something that gives meaning to all this. Mm -hmm. And to many people, it's this, it's conspiracies and unfortunately it's QAnon. Yeah. It's a human need and instinct to want to find some kind of meaning or narrative kind of undergirding all of life. Um, the problem comes when that kind of meaning is so detached from reality and especially when it's inflated by political and corporate interests that can profit off of that. Yes. And also when it leads to violent insurrections no. yeah, <laughs> or up- uprisings, I'll say. Are we ready to get off the fence? Because I feel like we are inching towards going off the fence. I mean, we talked about Alex Jones. We talked mm-hmm. about InfoWars. We talked about the January 6th insurrection. We talked about the whole reason for this conversation, the documentary, This Place Rules. Mm-hmm. Are we ready to get off the fence about I think so. a couple questions? Let's do it. Okay. Well, my first question is, QAnon, is it harmful to democracy? I mean, we talked at length about QAnon. Aaron, I'll start with you. Do you think it's actually harmful to our democracy? I mean, just look at the effects of it. I think in a in a vacuum, you might be able to say no, because it's just some dude dropping breadcrumbs and letting other people fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it leads to people trying to destroy mailboxes for uh, mail-in ballots and trying to interfere with the election and uh, stop the steal and all this nonsense, then yeah, it's it's horrific for democracy. How about you, Lucas? Uh, I would also have to agree that it's definitely horrible for democracy, but I kind of believe any uh, conspiracy organization um, that peddles uh, theories to cover up their uh, losses or their fears is never good for democracy. I mean, we've seen that everything from the Red Scare, you know, in the 50s to the hippie movement in the seventies and sixties. And of course there was more violent action that was more justifiable with that. Um, but it transcends the entire American democratic process. Uh, I won't say it's necessarily anything different, uh, but I will definitely say that, uh, with the advent of the internet and how fast conspiracies can now travel, uh, it's no longer just, Oh, I heard, uh, you know, Jimmy's a communist because he's a gay actor versus, you know, uh, just more stuff online that just kind of pushes more conspiracies and are, are more um, harmfully uh, accusatorial in nature versus just rumors that on a person-to-person basis uh, is spread. All right. So I would say that QAnon is harmful to democracy because, like— I think it's completely detached from reality and it radicalizes people mm-hmm. uh, because like we, we've seen what happens. We've seen the crescendo of all this, which was the January 6th insurrection mm-hmm. because like that was completely fueled by the QAnon conspiracy theory. It wasn't like, it wasn't anything else. It was, uh, it was all orchestrated by Q elections being stolen 
our 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 governments turning into a fascist dictatorship it's it's not this isn't how it's supposed to be and it's like that none of that would have happened if QAnon didn't exist mm-hmm. so i think it totally is harmful because like it undermines the authority of our governments because like once you lay in conspiracies that there's uh there's dark forces Actually, I have two things to say about this. Once, if you undermined our government's authority by saying like there's dark forces within our own governments, uh, it also undercuts the actual um, corruption that exists within our own governments. Because there are insidious forces that are within our own governments uh, that are doing things to. It's more like self fulfilling stuff, like like to benefit themselves. Mm-hmm. But like it's not because like they're all worshiping the devil and Satan. They want to usher in this like satanic dictatorship. That's not the point. The point, I guess, is maybe more like money. But like that's a whole another conversation. I think it just undermines the government's authority, and also it it doesn't take seriously the actual corruption that's within our own governments. Mm. So Would you also say that more so than undermining the authority? That um, it delegitimizes delegitimizes the civilized normality. Not so much they're saying the government has a right to say whatever they want to do. Of course, they're, you know, folks are going to say government can't tell me to do anything like that in the first place. But uh, I would say more so QAnon a lot of times delegitimize, delegitimizes the normality of the governmental process in which, okay, we have elections and we have winners and losers and we can trust that. We are a free or a mostly free election. Um, and there are arguments on every which side as far as how elections are run and the, you know, universal suffrage to a certain degree here and there. Uh, but I would say sometimes I think that not so much to undermine their authority because there are a wide variety of groups of whether they're radical or not, who just don't respect governmental authority, even if they respect governmental authority on some particular issues. Um, but definitely they kind of push back that normality of what we expect and are supposed to accept as the, uh, uh, social compact kind of agreement. Totally. Because like, just because your elected official didn't win the popularity contest doesn't mean that the, the contest was rigged. You know? So you, well, so we hope. you have to like... Unless you're Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> that is question. <laughs> like you have to take your L's with your W's. So like and, it just removes accountability for almost all negative actions. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, why did we lose? Oh, because it's rigged, not because oh, maybe I didn't serve the people how I should have served them. Maybe my promises weren't kept. Like it, it could be a laundry list of actual legit reasons, but like it's it undercuts that by saying like, oh, it was rigged. And and I think it definitely undercuts the American kind of mindset of that. You don't always win. You know, think of how many times within their careers that, you know, uh, just going back, you know, you know, Joe Biden, how many presidential primaries he lost, you know, uh, uh, how many, how, uh, uh, what's his name? You know, Bill Clinton lost a a gubernatorial ship. Uh, You know, you had uh, Reagan lose the presidential uh, primary. I think losing is part, losing and coming back from it is a part of kind of the American mindset mm. whereas kind of some of the said well we just can't lose because if you lose then you're a loser 
that's what Trump says and Trump never loses. It's like, no, you need to lose sometimes so you, that way you can win. Right. And reset your mind. Gum gang knows. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely there. All right. So my next question is, are conspiracies harmful to our society? Conspiracy theories specifically. I mean, conspiracy theories are nothing more than just people making up stories and stories are fiction. That's a part of life. And uh, uh, I would like to think that are they harmful for society? I, I don't necessarily think so. I think some, they can be interesting. They can be harmful sometimes. But think of, you know, to this day, there's still the conspiracy of the Iron Mask for the, you know, Louis Sixteenth or 14th. What's that? Uh, so those Iron Mask, uh, by the guy who wrote uh, The Three Musketeers. I'm his name right now. Uh, is that Victor Hugo? Maybe no, 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 no. It's not Hugo. It Hugo was, was, no, that's uh, Hunchback. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Dumas? Yes. Alexander Dumas. And it's yes. just all about just like, Oh, well, was there actually twins, you know, when they were born? And however, you know, uh, they didn't want, you know, his father didn't want fighting or something between the brothers or something like that. So I think conspiracy, conspiracy theories are part of history because as a part of history, we can't know every single fact. So theorizing about it will just automatically lead to conspiracy theories. But um, I will say that they can be detrimental um, as far as how we view history more so than mm. interact with it at times. Because mm. a lot of times you don't take the message out of it, you know, instead of viewing the JFK thing as a tragedy or, you know, lessons here and there, as far as a tough time in America, it just, oh, well, I can give a simple and easy solution and, you know, make the world black and white when it's sadly not that way. Well said. Aaron? Um, I think people should be encouraged to be skeptical of, of things, uh, to have like a healthy rational skepticism for whatever's put in front of them. Uh, and that includes conspiracy theories. Um, there, there are certainly those that are detached from reality. And I think the more detached they are, um, and the more they are a part of like harmful movements, um, like white supremacy, uh, then the more harmful that they are. But, you know, it's not a conspiracy theory if it's true. And sometimes they are true. Um, right. You just have to take a step back and really ask yourself, is what I'm believing true? Um, am I being as skeptical with conspiracy theories as I am with the kind of main story that's being presented? Um, and I think part of it, too, is being a part of a community that can kind of keep you from being radicalized. I think that's not talked about uh, enough. Uh, if you have a good, strong community with like a diversity of viewpoints, they can kind of keep you from going over the edge. But a lot of what's on display here in this documentary is the power that social media has in kind of fueling these conspiracy theories and these kind of social movements um, where online spaces can turn into echo chambers real, real fast. Right. And uh, that can, by repetition, lend credence to conspiracy theories that are indeed harmful. Um, and the further you go down that rabbit hole, uh, the more it starts to make sense. And you have to be really, really careful about that. Um, I don't have a good answer for this because just forming any kind of community today is really tough. Um, but it is a protective factor against uh, falling for conspiracy theories like this. Yeah, I could see that. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think they're inherently harmful to society uh, because it allows you to critically think about everything. I mean, it's kind of like a thought experiment, um, but you have to discern what is truth and what isn't Mm -hmm. because there are actual conspiracies that are true and there are conspiracies that are not true. So then it takes you, the individual, to figure out what is truth and what isn't truth. And that's where the thought experiment comes from. Because it's like, okay, I can look at events differently, but like, why am I doing that? Is it to know the full story? Is it to entertain different viewpoints or thoughts? Or is it to reinforce an ideology that I subscribe to already? Yeah. So you need to look yourself in the mirror and determine, why am I gravitating towards this explanation Mm -hmm. as opposed to something else? There's this great app I use called Ground News mm-hmm. that shows sponsored uh, by. <laughs> <laughs> um, it shows the biases of all these different like news uh, stories, and it shows mm-hmm. like how much of it le- is left leaning or right leaning, as in coverage. And it's it makes you look at the different realities too. It's like okay, what are the left publications saying opposed to the right publications? Mm-hmm. How are they wording this? And then the central or the centrist uh, publications are more of what's actually happening, more objective. Mm-hmm. So just applying that to everything, it's like, okay, where, where does the truth lie? And it's, you have to like look at everything, including conspiracy theories. Yeah. Getting a global perspective also helps because like with no disrespect to ground news, um, which sees, I'm assuming it's American news sources. No, they have Al Jazeera and Reuters and all that okay. stuff. Um, that's good because I, I was Don't worried it'd know. be like, uh, the, the spectrum would be like CNN to Fox or like even more left or more right wing. It's more like the young Turks at Infowars. Okay. Um, <laughs> but from like a global perspective, they're looking at like us Americans, we see things as we have left wing and right wing in our politics. And, uh, from a global perspective, they're looking at American being like, I see right wing and more right wing. <laughs> so Getting a global perspective can also help in kind of making sure that you're not too biased one way or the other. I I slightly disagree with that. Okay. I, I find a lot of international news on American issues, and it's just from a lot of international travel personally, and a lot of I follow a lot of German news sites just to see what they're doing, and I find a lot of their views on America and reporting on news that don't have the cultural context, or it's missing some kind of context that's kind of superficial within a European or a different continental mindset. And that's in the American news doesn't do the same exact place where they oversimplify mm-hmm. things. That's you know, fair enough. But there have been times in which, you know, I was in Germany and stuff and very far left friends saying, Oh, the squad, they're so, you know, Argyle Merkel's sticking up for them and they're and it's like, well, no, they say some really anti Semitic stuff too and some really bad things. They're kind of mm-hmm. really glossing over just because they're not Trump. And it's like, no, they've got their own issues that I'm pretty sure uh, the CDU of all parties would not be okay with. Yeah. No, that's that's more than fair. No no news source is infallible. So we talked about critical thinking. Uh, does the documentary This Place Rules provide awareness and foster creative thinking around January 6th? I would say yes, because it... It really cuts through the noise as far as 
like mainstream media representation of the events and like that kind of narrative and really reminds you that these are as weird as they are normal regular everyday people mm-hmm. um and it's that humanizing aspect that i think is super important right now because the tendency to dehumanize the other person whoever they are um is just really really toxic and detrimental to our society today so um i'm not claiming this documentary is like the perfect uh way to do that or accomplishes it perfectly but the efforts that it does make to humanize other people i think um is more more than worthy of of supporting and um it needs to be done much much more uh i would also have to agree and say that definitely does um Provide awareness, criminal thinking, because especially for the fact that it does try to go full full circle and show three different aspects after um, the riots and uh, the fact that they don't focus on harassing and belittling the people and quite frankly just saying, "Hey, throwing them in jail for fifteen years is a great idea," because you know overpopulation of the jail system only really matters when it's you know other people, right? They're not your political enemies. Yeah, it it shows. I think all sides, because like Andrew Callahan uh, interviewed Antifa, the QAnon people, MAGA people, normal people. Like it's it's in their words, in their perspective, and it allows the viewer to. It's like okay, what are what do I think about all this? Mm-hmm. It's like they said all this. What do I think? So I, th- I think it totally allows the the viewer to actually think about the events instead of like, like here's what happened, and then they parrot whatever they're listening to. It's like okay, it allows the person to form their own thoughts and opinions, mm-hmm. and I think that's super important when it comes to politics. So, could January sixth been prevented? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, it, uh, one person could have promoted it, quite frankly, and we all know who that is <laughs> Alex Jones. <laughs> if Alex Jones would have just been at the forefront instead of at that little media balcony. <laughs> Listen, it's rigged. The people that are stealing the election, they're in that building. Yeah. Where are you going? <laughs> it's the other way. <laughs> one person certainly could have stopped it, but it took way more than one person to have set it into motion. There's a lot of different threads um, that you could follow on that, that I'm sure historians are going to be picking over for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it certainly could have been prevented. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and also just not to mention, uh, I know a lot of times that certain liberal aspects likes to blame the the Capitol police and that they, and that they didn't do enough and they were letting people in. I, they were showing the QAnon besides, shaman besides around. That. They're like, oh, you want to open this door? Yeah, right this way. And, and the one thing I will personally say, just someone who's dealt with like public safety before and the sorry, public, public administration, it, it is very complicated. Controlling crowds is complicated. Controlling people, especially people wearing bison helmets that you think might be unhinged and might like attack you in a second. Gear. Um, I don't particularly see their caution or their or them being overwhelmed is necessarily being reflective on their talent. Um, but uh, I, I, I do think that, of course, there could have been more of a greater police presence, of course. 
Uh, and, and, and of course, uh, when the um, documentarian goes back to D.C. for the inauguration, he just sees how more, you know, militarized it is and how more uh, rural it is and how there's no one there. Um, but I, I firmly do believe that as far as it being stopped, or there were even individuals inside the Capitol who were kind of a little more encouraging as they were being sieged and one of them just running away. Uh Mr. Uh, Josh Hawley. <laughs> the cop yeah. that ran away? No, uh, the senator from Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Oops. <laughs> yeah, I think it could have been prevented. Um, I just, I don't know how, but I think, like, I personally subscribe to there's agent provocateurs in that audience. Mm. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm not going to say they're Antifa. I'm not going to say they're the FBI. I'm not going to say what they are. But there were people that were in there saying, we need to go into the Capitol. Mm -hmm. And the people there were like, wasn't that illegal? We need to go into the building. So I don't know why people are encouraging people to storm the actual Capitol, but like they incited a riot, in my opinion. Could it have been prevented? Uh, The police could have done their job and not let people in. But it's kind of daunting when it's kind of like the, the Battle of Thermopylae. And yeah. the Persians are coming, <laughs> and there's only narrow passage. <laughs> ten cops. <laughs> yeah, and there's videos of them running away, mm-hmm. or some that are like, "Yeah, come on in." <laughs> I don't know. I I think if I knew about what there was going to be a march there, Save the America march, hosted by Donald Trump, you would think there would be more cops there, especially mm-hmm. after his rhetoric. But do you wonder if there's certain there was a certain degree of his particular administration that limited the reaction to it or limited the preparations for it? Like, oh, it's not even that bad. Whether other people would probably say, eh, is this getting a little too weird? I, I, I'm not saying that it did or did not happen. I'm actually just inquiring openly. I think it's I think it's beyond whatever that administration was doing. I think the police should have done their job to maintain, like Trump would say, law and order. There was no law and order that day. I am the law. I am the law. Meatball run. (laughs) No, I think it could have been prevented if there was more police. I love how, I just have to say side note, I love how all the thin blue line people ended up saying, fuck the police. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was a little, especially like attacking a policeman with like a blue line flag. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's, that's a little hypocritical, say the least. My next question, were the actions of the protesters justified? Oh, you see my language. Fuck no. <laughs> like, no, no. no. I, I, as someone who was blind during the entire thing and believing in a civil democracy and someone who's uh, studied profusely revolutions and things like that, there's always telltale signs of what's going to lead to uprisings. And sometimes, like with the Russian Revolution, it can just be a nice summer day that they're not really used to. Um, or spring day. But like, Oh, what a I, beautiful I, day! Let's kill the Romanovs. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't exactly that. Uh, that uh, that simple. But uh, no, it just uh, there's a certain level of decorum that is now on the left and right that they both think is okay. And uh, as far as well, this just justifies it because they're evil and they're bad and they're crazy and they're racist and they're sexist, homophobic, or they're globalists or they're pedophiles, and they're not viewing them as human beings. And if you can't. And that's the whole entire point of uh, the American experiment uh, and the whole experiment of democracy is that I might think you're a crazy pedophile, 
However, I don't have proof, and that doesn't give me a right to punch you and call you a Nazi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that is called assault and battery. <laughs> mm-hmm. We are more divided as a nation than we were during the Civil War. And especially more uh, 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 fractional in the sense that it's no longer just states and like, oh, I'm fighting my cousins who live down in Kentucky. It's, oh, my, you know, queer cousin that lives in, you know, uh, uh, Pilsen or something versus, you know, a more, you know, Trumpian individual that might live all the way on Kinky. Are you saying it's an info war? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I am. (laughs) It's kind of like online bullying. You can't escape it. Yeah. Because like with the Civil War, it was like... You know, like you said, like, oh, brother versus brother, different state lines. <laughs> but now it's like I turn on my fucking phone and I'm being bombarded with propaganda on both sides, mm-hmm. left and right. It's like, oh, my God, I just want to just want to watch the Green Knight. It, damn it. it. <laughs> I, I, I will admit I am one of those kind of people where depending on what the news event is going on determines what channel I watch. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, ugh, I know I'm not getting or it's just me annoying. Capital being burned down. What does Alex Jones have to say about it? <laughs> <laughs> That's the source I want to go to. Like, what's going on, Alex? It's definitely not going to be uh, off the cuff and probably a little uh, uh, exclamatory, say at least. Right. <laughs> so, Aaron, you agree that the protesters were justified in their actions? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you were a protester? What? <laughs> Where no, were they, you they, on January 6th? <laughs> I was blind. He was here. Where were you? He was at work. You didn't say where you were at that day. You said you were at the radio station. I was at work. At the radio station. The Jedi oh. Temple was on fire in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I think you were a frontline reporter. Oh my God. <laughs> the Jedi are taking over. <laughs> uh, no, they were not justified in what they did. Um, but as was alluded to in our in our discussion... Um, there are very real fears and anxieties kind of underpinning everything. And Mm -hmm. until we can come to a place where we can like understand each other and want to work towards a common good, um, then I think something like this was more or less inevitable. Even if January 6th itself was preventable, I think the kind of clashing of different ways of life, these different tensions coming to a head, I think it would have happened uh, somewhere else, some other time. Yeah. Uh, and until we're able to deal with that as a healthy and mature society, then I think it's just going to keep happening. Well, I don't have much faith in the American people to be mature about. Not now. Anything. No. Yeah. Especially not now. Oh my Gen God. Z. Really? <laughs> How do we even. Uh, we, we just need the president to go and play the saxophone <laughs> again with cool shades. Can the aliens come already and help us clean up our act? Yeah, will the Galactic Empire come? Where's Thrawn, Aaron? <laughs> Can they at least take way. care of the Russians? <laughs> on his take way. Yeah, take us all except the Russians. <laughs> the uh, Russians are okay, just not Putin and his cronies. <laughs> I just wish that coup actually happened. That that was one of those. That, that was one of those. It's, incidences i was telling you about in which i couldn't watch fox news and i just had to watch like bbc or cnn because that's the only time they actually aren't biased no they're not that Sky but, news is also good yeah, but they're not just not giving outlandish bullshit of oh, like yeah. 
like, oh. We have this one military strategist. What do you think is going to happen? General Flynn. <laughs> oh, that's who I really don't listen to. Where we won, we go all. <laughs> and speaking of that, I don't think the, jo- the protesters were justified in their actions. Oh. I don't think this was an actual revolution. So I that's think, the one who was going to join them? I think it was a cosplay res- revolution. Yeah. They went into the Capitol. They were taking selfies the whole time. They're like, yeah. We did now, it. What? It's Look at this like cool when, podium I found. It's kind of like when the dog chases the car and, and catches the car. Yeah. Or the podium. They're not going to know what to do with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what happened with the protesters. They broke in. They're like, oh, okay. Uh, they, in the- they weren't ransacking it. They no. weren't trying to do anything. They weren't trying to... Chasing <laughs> we are yeah, in the exactly. We are in the offices of the global global elites. What do we do now? <laughs> uh, ring that bell for notification. I don't uh, see. I don't see any children here. Smash that like button or or cheese pizza. Hit me up on Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> Got the Cash App. Here's my Bitcoin wallet. Yeah, I don't know. Th- it was it was a, essentially a giant hissy fit. Yeah, and unfortunately, it costed the lives of one of the protesters. I think couple of cops uh, mm-hmm. in the later days. So, like, people got hurt. They they turned the, the capital into a rough house. And that doesn't look good for the rest of the world. No. Looking at us. It's like, what the fuck is going on with that we're country? We're the prime example of, like, a functional democracy. Right. Yeah, probably Putin's like, <laughs> communism's looking pretty good, huh? And then he sees what happens when he, you know, goes to Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to invade. Oh boy, yeah, that was embarrassing to say the least. Mm-hmm. Now, my final question, then we can go. Would you recommend others watch This Place Rules? Aaron, I'll start with you. Yeah, if anything about what we're talking interests you in any way, I would recommend it uh, simply because it's a it's a fresh take on it of just kind of on the ground Gonzo journalism reporting that uh for me at least hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I fall prey sometimes to the temptation to categorize people in different groups and just like write them off entirely. And uh, stuff like this keeps reminding me that these are like real, actual people. And I think that's super important going forward. So, yes, I would recommend it. Yeah, they're not just a caricature. What about you? No, I I fully agree with you. Um, That's something that I particularly, uh, I'd say for the most part, um, uh, uh, sorry, uh, (laughs) uh, I'm very skilled at is kind of humanizing with people and trying to, View people as more as their ideology because just because they have an opinion or they think they have an opinion does not mean they actually believe it or that's necessarily as concrete uh, as they necessarily believe. Um, this definitely gave a lot of humanizing factors to um, kind of both sides and just kind of makes you realize, you know, crazy Uncle Jeff is crazy Uncle Jeff and he might be crazy the rest of his life, but he doesn't have to be crazy on everything. He can come around and 
Um, I think the true point of this documentary is that uh, within this very divisive political sphere that we're in, especially the last three years, but also since 2016, is that people and their political opinions and their opinions on people and particularly politicians and uh, movements can change. And there's so many times that people will be just automatically be degrading of someone or just negate their opinion because, oh, back in 2016, you were a Marco Rubio supporter or you supported Chris Christie. And it's like people change, opinions change. And, and this documentary documentary highlights that, especially after a particularly traumatic and I'm going, uh, chaotic event, I'll put that, a chaotic event happens in that the that chaotic events can happen and it can change people. And just because they voted for Trump in 2020 or 2016 or they believe that Earth is flat does not mean that they necessarily believe that um, every single conspiracy theory is going to be true forever or something that they always believe in because people change their minds all the time. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because like, I think I've talked about it on this show before. I don't know, but I think in like an alternate timeline, like I could have been a QAnon kind of junkie because like could have been retarded. Yeah. Infinity Wars. Because <laughs> like QAnon. <laughs> I don't know. I, I grew up like conservative fundamentalist Christian and like believed in it for a long time, uh, like through high school where uh, the kind of version of the world that was presented before me was that there was like one true way to do Christianity and everything else was like a deception or falling away from that. Mm -hmm. And that like non-Christians hated Christians and hated Christianity, that they were like an open rebellion towards God. Um, and, or they were like deceived and just didn't like should have known better. But some part of them is like consciously rejecting like the message of Christ. And they're basically what I was taught was that like, you had to be a kind of like a spiritual warrior fighting a spiritual war. Um, and that like the end times were coming and, uh, the world was going to be over and Jesus was going to come back and rescue his people. And so I, I bought into all of that and, um, something this I've been thinking about for a while, but this documentary kind of stoked the, uh, the thought a little bit was like, how do we believe what we believe and why can that change? Because I started to like reevaluate what I believed when I moved away, moved to Chicago, went to college, learned more about like the Bible and Christianity and how other different viewpoints on it. And slowly my mind was opened. And I wonder sometimes like, do I believe what I, and you know, I've left the conservative stuff behind. I have more of a like progressive, progressive bent now. And I think sometimes like, is this what I actually believed all along and just needed to have like the layers of falsehood removed? Or am I just believing this because I live in a city now instead of a suburb and I'm surrounded by other people and that there is no, like what's the kind of core of my rational being that believes in things? Uh, and would I just believe something different if I were to move out to a rural area? for a while. And I don't know what the answer is to that. Um, I, I, I think it's, especially if you watch this documentary, you'll see that it, I think it's complicated to explain why people believe what they believe. Um, but I think 
if I could be an example to anybody, I think if you can remember the humanity of another person that disagrees with you and remember, or, or at least hold space for the fact that they could change their mind. Um, if I could do it, anybody can. Right. No, that's awesome. And I, echo chambers exist anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think you were, you were in one growing up and, you know, you are a product of that. And I think it's extremely important for anybody to be in an environment where you have a diversity of thought, mm-hmm. because that allows you to form your own opinion. It's like, okay, this is what all these people believe. What do I believe? What resonates with me? Instead of being in a situation where everyone believes the same thing, So it's kind of like a cultural thing. It's like, well, to be in this community, you have to believe in A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. Instead of like, that person believes that, that person, like, like we're all different, but like we're all here as a community, but we're all different. For example, like a city. So, yeah. And like, I think this documentary does that with like the different schools of thoughts surrounding this historical event. Mm -hmm. And then the takeaway is, what do you believe? Yeah. What about you, Lucas? Do you believe? <laughs> do you believe? I, 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 I would recommend this I, to others to watch. I, I, <laughs> okay, one last question. If, if there's if there's going to be a QAnon Avengers, would, uh, would Alex Jones be Captain America or the Hulk? If he's going back he in is time here. I he, if he can like throw down with Andrew Callahan <laughs> and bench pressing while like having Jameson poured into his eye, then <laughs> yeah. my fucking eyes. <laughs> 1776. <laughs> That's all these pills I'm taking. <laughs> yeah. I was going to have Alex Jones screaming on this soundboard, <laughs> but I thought that would be too much for our ears. A little bit, yeah. Ah, ah. <laughs> oh my I'm god i'm telling you he missed out on his calling <laughs> dub anime or something hey he might, he <laughs> might be doing it now <laughs> dragon ball z super saiyan <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> wow super saiyan i don't know what that is but it's definitely not four or five. <laughs> oh my god super saiyan more like alpha branch <laughs> get alpha, us out of here armand <laughs> alpha saiyan <laughs> <laughs> well the super saiyans aren't they monkeys oh <laughs> monkey brain that's all joe rogan's thing yeah oh my god guys Thank this you. was so much fun i know we talked about some heavy subjects with uh everything that we talked about conspiracy theories january 6th alex jones cheese pizza cheese pizza king the frogs pizza. turning gay and <laughs> ping pong like yeah we talked about it all and i think coming out of this it's like okay Whoever's listening should watch this documentary, do the research, and then have a well-informed opinion about because like we're already like what two years since it happened, and yet the we're, media, we're the media will talking. not you forget every six no, months. No, they won't. And they're liking it to nine eleven. I'm sorry, it is not nine eleven. <laughs> it was crazy. It's but nine eleven was traumatic. I'll say this as a seven year old. I was blind, and you it know, was January six mm-hmm. was more so just like what the f. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was bad. It, it's. It's a uh, shameful. It's, shameful, a, it's a shameful event. Embarrassing, pathetic. Bunch Lear, of, learning bunch of event, rednecks hopefully, storming learning the events. Capitol. Mm-hmm. Why don't learning we storm events. the Supreme Court? You know what I'm saying? Not that he's putting on any ideas. Let's, let's I'm not, not trying to cause not an insurrection. <laughs> I'm just saying, Allegedly. <laughs> how come we don't have hillbillies 
storm the capital of the Supreme Court. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. the decisions go the way they usually like for Trump. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> because they didn't go to college. <laughs> Anyways, let's get out of here. <laughs> Aaron, thank you for coming. Don't you have a podcast? As a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> what is that? It is uh, WSTR, Galactic Public Access, a Star Wars podcast. Hey. You can find us at WSTR Media everywhere. Um, I'm also a co-DM for a online streaming uh, D&D game hey. called the Red Five Tavern. Nice. Uh, you can find us there. We stream usually Friday nights, so don't miss out. Weren't you streaming on WSTR last Friday night? Not Friday, no. Was that Thursday? Thursday, yeah. Uh, all these days blend together. Yeah, time <laughs> all, the soup. Oh, when man. there's all the smoke in Chicago and rain, and you can't tell yeah, which is which. Smells uh, like Canada. It's Chicago's favorite guessing game this week: rain or smoke. We got, we got NASCAR cars taking a swim in Lake Michigan. <laughs> it's, crazy. it's crazy over Flooding. here. Flooding! Yay! Yay! Thanks a lot, Trudeau. <laughs> Lucas, are you off the grid? Uh, Can people follow you anywhere? Do you want people uh, to follow you? Uh, I'll just say I'm off the grid. You're off the grid. I, I knew it. This is my, my, still my second pod, podcast. But, uh, an RV. You're on uh, BitChute. Yeah, I'm BitChute. You can reach me, uh, Skeletor Luke at BitChute. There you go. <laughs> I'd have to figure out how to spell that. No. Ironpatriot.com. <laughs> no, but I look forward to coming on uh, some podcasts in the future. I know that me and Armand have already got a few yes. planned, in which I've already. Uh, Read some books for and uh, pre-watched oh, movies for. Very nice, very nice. It won't be a heavy hitter like this. Throwing out some suggestions. It'll be a different watch. heaviness, but not political. Heavy of the mind. Heavy of the mind. <laughs> to take some ayahuasca. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I need a vacation. Stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye, everybody. That's it for this time on The Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Keep the conversation going by adding us on Instagram and Letterboxd at Syndicate. Or join the Discord server where you can catch Armand along other podcasters and listeners at syndicate.com slash discord. And until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye.